1: Welcome to the Words and Nerds live stream, Four Continents, Four Critics, Favourite Crime Novels for 2021, Part 2. I'm your crime-loving host, Danny V. After popular demand, this brainchild of our friend Craig Sisterson is back. Last time, the big discovery for many of us was S.A. Cosby's Blacktop Wasteland, and I'm eagerly awaiting the new one, Razorblade Tears, which is on order currently for me. Since our last live stream, I also discovered Paul Cleave and have recently read The Quiet People, which is my crime recommendation for, day, for today. Welcome, crime lovers watching live. The video will be available on the Facebook page afterwards if you weren't able to catch it now, also available as a podcast episode. But we love to see you live. So if you are watching, please use the comments, interact with us, tell us what you think, give us your fave crime novel picks, comment on the ones that our wonderful critics are talking about I'd love to read out your thoughts without much ado because we've only got an hour to crack through as many favorite crime novels as possible can I welcome my critics to introduce them here they are (laughs) it's lovely to see you all again Now, first up, we have Craig Sisterson representing Oceania, Australasia. Craig is a features writer and legal journalist for NZ Listener and Good Reading Australia. How are you, Craig? You're on mute. (laughs) It's not a Zoom meeting. Someone's on mute.
0: That's all right. I just had to like practice my lines before I went live. No, I'm very good. Thanks, Danny. It's always a pleasure to talk about great books with great people, and we have some amazing people here with us today. So I'm
1: really excited. Oh, we do. Super, super excited. Next up, return critic, Io Onatade, representing UK Europe. Io is a CWA Red Herring Award winning freelance crime fiction critic and commentator. Welcome back,
2: Io. Lovely to see you. Thank you so much. I had a lovely time last time we did this and I'm really looking forward to the books again this time around me too i can't wait to see what i'll
1: discover this time and welcoming back again probably at a slightly better time this time sonia i remember it was 1 a.m last time for you Uh, sonia fund of representing south africa sonia is a reviewer for print and online publications in uk and south africa regular contributor on crime fiction lover website and naya marsh awards judge 2021 welcome back
4: Thank you, Danny. It's nice being back and I'm very excited to to share everything with you and we'll hear what everyone else has to say. Yes. So, yes.
1: And to see if we have any crossovers because last time we had a couple of little hmm. bingos, didn't we? That was fun.
4: I'm waiting for those.
1: <laughs> I mean, too, we'll say bingo and for Double the whammies. That's it. And for the first time joining us as a new critic, Alex Sigura, representing North America. Alex is a contributor to Best American and Mystery and Suspense. So lovely to welcome you today to our live stream.
0: Thanks for having me. Alex is also an amazing crime novelist who people should really get (laughs) on.
3: thanks yeah I was going to say I write I write books mostly I I wouldn't say I'm a critic but I I do read a lot so I have opinions
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we love we love those opinions (laughs) so that's great now like I said we've got an hour to crack through this we're going to try and have a little bit of structure but I'm sure there'll be lots of conversation which is the fun part and while you're talking I'm not you know checking my socials I'm just checking the comments All right, to see if anyone's wanting to chip in as well so so I'm going to be one of those people who'd give you the, the wind-up if you're going too long, like at the Oscars or the Logies, so we can crack on with as many books as possible. But I'll try really hard not to be the fun killer, all right? So uh, let's go. Craig, you're up first. Let's do this. Oh, really?
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> look at Io's reaction. i tell you what, Io, I'm, I'm not going to do the one you think I'm going to do.
1: Oh, I'm not, I'm
0: not going to do the one you are going to presume that I'm going to do, and we thought we were going to fight over because we fought over the same author last time.
1: Like last time. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I was expecting to go last, so I assumed I was going to snake me again anyway. Um, <laughs> so, but, so, but I'm actually not going to. I'm going to go with a different American author who I've discovered for the first time for myself this year, though I had heard of them before. And this is a book called Dead of Winter by Stephen Mac Jones. Now, Stephen McJones is an outstanding kind of literary crime novelist from the Detroit area and he has a series starring August Snow who's an ex-Marine and an ex-Detroit um, cop but he's now kind of a he's kind of a private investigator he's not really licensed or anything but he kind of investigates things on the behalf of his community in Mexican town which is kind of a combination of a black population and Mexican population in Detroit and This is the third in the August Snow series. It was the first I read. It came out this year. It's called Dead of Winter. And basically, August gets called in to try and help a local company that's in trouble. They're getting strong-armed by some people who want to buy out the company. The owner's dying. He wants to leave it to his kids in the community, but he's worried about all those things going on. August starts kind of investigating that. And it's just a terrific novel Stephen is a beautiful writer he writes beautiful sentences he writes beautiful paragraphs and chapters he writes exciting action um and it's kind of it's dark and there's some violence and there's lots of humor too you'll laugh but you'll also be kind of like tense at other times it's just a brilliant brilliant book so much so that as all of us I think we read so much during a year that we don't get a chance to read a lot of the same author in a year because you're always reading so many other people I immediately went and bought Previous two books in the series and read all three within a month, even though I had awards judging and other things to do. He's that good. Stephen Mac Jones did a winner. Check it out. There you oh. go. Io, open for you. Is that going to be my new
1: essay, uh, Cosby Craig? I,
0: he's like he's another outstanding African American. Oh, I, I highly know. recommend him. All right, Io, you're next. He didn't
1: steal
2: your book, did he? Well, no, he didn't actually. I was keeping my fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> and I have got to say that my book, my favorite book so far, well, one of my favorite books, and it's gonna be on my favorite list, is Sean Crosby's second book, Raise a Bear oh, Raise be Tears. I can't wait. That's the one I you, thought she would think I was gonna do. It. Yes, <laughs> I was thinking my fingers crossed hoping that Craig wasn't going to mention it. It's outstanding. And as much as I love Blacktop Wasteland, I think this is even better. Wow. Okay. Yes. Wow. And it's about um, two guys, one black, one white, they're both gay, and they get married to each other and they get killed. And you've got the fathers and the fathers themselves are not too good. And you, this, you've got this story of how the fathers are trying to sort out their own feelings about their, their son's um, sexuality, their own feelings towards each other, and also trying to find out who murdered their children. Wow. In some ways, it's incredibly harrowing, but in some ways, it's so—it's also so well written. And it's not often that I find an author that has written two books, one after each other, that actually knocks my socks off. And we um, raised a bit of tears with Sean Cosby, definitely. And I didn't. Will say to anybody, if you haven't picked any of the books up, please do so. It's getting so much love on social media as well like i think once you pick up a cosby
1: book people are just obsessed with it so i can't wait to raise a lady, especially just i knew nothing about it i like to not read blurbs i like to just go be surprised but now what you said about it oh my heart can't wait sonia can i just,
0: can I just add one line since i left the door open for io for that because i was going to open with raise a, <laughs> <laughs> I can um, raise. a friend of mine uh professor Liam mckelbenny who's also an incredibly fine crime writer um, he's a Scotsman in New Zealand. Um, I actually shared the listener article that I wrote about Sean this week. It's being published down in New Zealand, so I haven't seen it you know in person. Um, and it reminded me, because I actually wrote it about three or four months ago <laughs> when I did the interview, that I used the line which I really liked, is that he is ferociously poetic. as Sean Cosby is ferociously, He writes brilliant. Brilliant prose. that's just so much energy, but there's beauty amongst the violence.
1: Mm. And, just, uh, and then, what's uh, what's better than that? I'm just going to head to socials before we head to Sonia. Um, we've got a, Ashley, you know, is loving the Nancy's or Nancy business, of course. And we've talked about uh, RWR's fabulous novel there. We've got a number of people who are like, yes, I'm reading Razorblade Tears, loving it. That's Janet and Linda. And Kirsten is also looking forward to Razorblade Tears as well. We've got a couple of people um, tuning in from rainy Auckland and uh, people going on walks as well as they're listening. So that's pretty cool too. So got a few people chipping in and I'll keep updating us as we go along. Sonia, you are
4: up. Mm, yes. Um, I think I'm going to start with one that's an obvious choice for me and I have a suspicion Craig and Io might have it on their list. So I'm going to be a bit sneaky but maybe I'm wrong. Um, and that's Femi Coyote's Light Seekers. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay, so who has it? <laughs> it's okay, a bingo. Cool. <laughs> So, um, yes, those of you who haven't heard of this yet, um, it's a Nigerian author, and it's set in Nigeria, obviously, where three students are burned to death by an angry mob, and um, this isn't a a who-done-it, but a why-done-it, because um, there's a a psychologist um, that's being asked by one of the fathers to investigate the case and is also an expert in crowd control or in crowd behavior at least. So we, do, we know who killed them, we don't know why um, and then the question is asked what leads to people taking the law in their own hands and what are the underlying issues which cause them to do this. Um, it's a wonderfully written book, um, it's atmospheric, it's Very tense. Its tension builds up throughout the novel, and it's quite a. It's more than 400 pages, but it's an easy read despite the topics. Um, And I think that takes some skill to do. Um, I love his writing style, and I'm really looking forward to what's next. Um, I don't know, Craig, and I, if you want to add to that. Uh, can,
2: can I just say I read it, but it's not on my list. But for me, when I read it, it reminded me so much of my period of living in Nigeria and some of the yeah. you know the nuances of the way people behave towards each other, lack of electricity, having to bribe people when oh. you want to get things done, and that mm-hmm. made me laugh intensely. But it rem- I mean, it
3: reminded me of your time there too for some reason. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no,
3: I loved it too. I- <laughs> I, I, I blurred the book. I was so I felt so like I'd gotten a gift when I got to read it early. It was really fantastic.
0: So,
1: you know, all <laughs> four of us have read that one and, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I love the fact of a why done it. I think that would be very difficult to write because that why done it has to be really compelling. Yeah. Um, now just before we head to you, Alex, we've just got um, some people asking about authors and books But we will post all the books that we talk about at the end. So don't worry if you miss them. We'll post them at the end. Uh, who spoke about which book as well? And of course, it'll be available uh, this episode podcast and live stream. Alex, let's head to you.
3: Well, I, it's interesting. I'm learning about the the shell game involved here as the rookie, and I'm I'm trying to see if I can hold my own. I had Razorblade Tears on my list, and I'll, I guess I'll talk about it a bit later. And <laughs> I didn't have light. I didn't have. I didn't have light seekers on my list, but it, I loved it as well. It's just it was it's hard to pare it down to uh, just five books, but um, the one uh, that. I want to talk about is uh, The Other Black Girl by Zakiya Dalila Harris, which is a debut, if I'm not mistaken. And it's a workplace uh, thriller and it's set in publishing, which um, I find entertaining to just get a sneak peek into that world, which I'm also a part of in my day job. But um, her writing style is really evocative and it doesn't feel like, you know, it, it's such a cliche and it doesn't feel like a debut, but it feels very, you know, very measured and thoughtful. And it's, it's about uh, a woman, a black woman who works, starts working in publishing, which is obviously, you know, as, as we all know, very imbalanced in terms of racial makeup and um, she befriends another coworker, and it turns out that that coworker becomes the darling of the office. And, uh, it's you know she the the protagonist starts getting these very threatening notes and it just kind of spirals from there but she uh the author really builds tension well I found myself reading it very quickly which is always a good sign like you know I'm just a very obsession driven reader if I'm not really into it and I put it down that means I'm not that into it it's just very instinctual for me so um I read it in a couple days I thought she did a fantastic job and um I'm excited for whatever she's working on next.
1: And I, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Alex. I think because we read as a group so much, I don't know how many books you guys read, but it's, it's a lot. And I think you know now, you know if this book is going to grab you. And if you have to keep saying to yourself, oh, I've got to read that book, I've got to read that book. It's very different from the one you just need to power through, right? And that feeling is just, you can't replace that feeling of I have to finish this book. I love that. Yeah,
3: when it, when it jumps outside of homework and you start feeling it, reading it for pleasure, even if it is homework, quote-unquote, like a blurb or a a review or something, you know, that's unbeatable. And it it really, that's why we got into this, I think, as readers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, we've got someone on the live stream. I'm glad we're so influential here. Mitchell is downloading um, Razorblade Teeth on audiobook as we speak. So, I think he's off the live stream now. He's reading the book. So... (laughs)
3: <laughs> enjoy
1: It's <laughs> like <laughs> don't blame you uh, Janet said she read The Other Black Girl uh, a few months ago on NetGalley without knowing anything about it she said wow, thanks Alex for recommending that amazing um, Rose, I can't see a bookshelf without trying to identify all the books, so you do that put it in the comments, I'll let you, you know if you're right praise might be a bit more difficult to see there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <a> little
1: <laughs> and um got some other people listening from all over the world so that is fantastic loving it craig book number two
0: hmm looking down at my list because I, I cut a few have gone already um but obviously how yeah, will the dominoes fall <laughs> yeah um there's another there's another couple i have that i think other people will have so i might leave those for other people too um i'm going to go with hotel Cartagena by Simone Buchholz, who's a German author, translated by the fabulous Rachel Ward. And this is the latest in the Chastity Riley series. And Chastity Riley is a public prosecutor in Hamburg, Germany. So kind of the equivalent to a DA in America when we've all seen on American television and stuff like that. But she actually kind of heads along to the crime scenes and is very active from the very beginning in a lot of cases with the police. So effectively, she's kind of... Hand in hand with some of the cops and works with them. It's a wonderful series. Um, now this one is really interesting because it's dedicated to Alan Rickman, the great British actor. And I happened to read it on Alan Rickman's anniversary of his death, so there was a lot of people tweeting about it. And I didn't realize that I just picked it up to read, and I was like, oh, "What? Well, this is a weird moment, you know, kind of thing." And you see, you'll see why, because basically the setup is: Chastity and some of her friends are at a birthday party and a high-rise bar in Hamburg, overlooking the water. And the hostage situation ensues. So obviously a nod to the fabulous Christmas movie Die (laughs) Hard. And then... And it's a wonderful story that um, unfolds about what happens in the hostage situation, what the hostage takers wants. There's a secondary storyline that actually goes back in the past to a young German going to Latin America and getting involved with the drug trade. So you obviously know there's a connection there that will come out down the track and how these things happen. It's just a really great book. Um, Simone is an amazing writer. I think I've called her, she's like the noir version of a jazz musician. She just has this energy and musicality to her writing that's a little off-beat or off-kilter, but brilliant. And you know, um, she has a poetry to her writing, uh, and I won't say any more than that because I'll give away a little bit in the story, but literally poetry to her writing in some cases. Um, and it's just a really, really cool book. Rachel Ward does a fantastic job with the translation. I think it's the ninth in the series, but only the third or fourth it's in English. There was a few early ones that haven't been translated. And it kind of brings char- Charity's, ch- sorry, Chastity's arc to um, kind of a new point as well. So, Hodo Cartagena by the German bestseller Simone Bukov, translated by the wonderful reader. We're
1: getting lots of comments from listeners about, you know, who wrote this book that we're talking about. All will be posted afterwards, we promise. It'll be all over the socials, So don't worry if you missed it. Uh, we will make sure you get the names of those books and authors. And I'm just a bit worried about how I'm going to read all of these things. We're only up to hmm. the second round.
2: <laughs> Io, uh, what's your second book? My second book is by a gentleman called Will Dean, and it's called The Last Thing <laughs> to Burn. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Exactly. You're uh, responsible for yeah. saying it all. Now,
0: you know, <laughs> that was one of my, lots of people will have that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: oh, <laughs> now, Will normally writes a series, the two Mudison theories, but this is his first standalone novel. And it basically, it's all about, you know, um, uh, uh, it's set in a remote farm filled with lingering dread. And it's all about this woman who's literally been kidnapped by her husband. And she's not allo- literally not allowed to do anything by herself. And it's quite chilling and this deception of human trafficking. And it's one of those books where on the one hand, you want to know what happens and on the other hand you're also afraid to turn the pages and it also does make you quite sorrowful when you're reading it and thinking it does you know when you think back of all this stuff that is happening to not solely women but to, to people full stop but it's incredibly well written and incredibly moving and I would say even if you don't read his series read this. This
1: is yeah this is phenomenal I uh, and I, I spoke to Will and I just love he lives in the middle of this forest in Sweden <laughs> It's just yeah. amazing. But that book, can I tell you, I read it in one sitting. I sat down at seven o'clock preparing to read for about 20 minutes. I did not leave the lounge until I finished it. Maybe I grabbed a cup of tea, but it was really fast. And at the end last page, I found myself at the actually the edge of my lounge. You know, the cliche of edge of your seat? It, yeah. I was there. And that is, it's one of the per- my perfect books. Did it.
3: you close down the place or?
2: <laughs> oh. I couldn't and then I think I cried so and then I went to I did I did it was just you know it was just one of those books that you think my god really yeah it's brutal
1: yeah yeah grabbed me by the heart and then threw it out the window (laughs) great choice are Sonia what's up for you
4: um, up next, I uh, have something from Japan. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard this. Bingo! Is
1: that a bingo? Uh,
4: really? <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be a bingo. Mm. Anyway, so you yeah, you guys already know this is quite a ride, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so if, if you Google this book, the first thing that you'll find is the movie that's about to be released, or not, well, soon, with Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock. I would recommend you read the book rather, unless you're a fan of Brad Pitt and Sandra Bullock. But um, it's just a great book, which is wacky and absurd, and um, it's a it's an offbeat action crime thriller where everyone is trying to reach the end destination alive, and the only way they can do it is is by outwitting each other. Um, at times, you you kind of confuse and think what's going on because it's just It's a chaos at times, but somehow it works. Um, And yeah, it's about five assassins on a high-speed train from Tokyo to Morioka. And, uh, okay. Triple bingo. (laughs) So so yes, um, it's just, it's a fun read. Well, it was for me. It's got a lot of humor in it. Um, It's not your typical Japanese crime thriller. It does have some... Quirkiness to it, but it's it's more like a American style, I think, action type, oh, which is why it became a movie, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's it's humorous, it's entertaining, it's got a cast of crazy characters, and it's a fun read.
1: All right, we've also got someone uh, watching right now, Grant, um, a huge listener of the podcast, who said Bullet Train's amazing. Just finished it a couple of weeks ago and could not put it down. <laughs> And Janet, thank you. She said she's loving this show. So I think we've all got our uh, online book orders at the ready to press. Uh, All
3: right. Well, let's stop while we're on top, I guess, you know. Let's go, Alex. Um, yeah, my next choice is Arsenic and Adobo by uh, Mia P. Manansala. And I'm not, just to be upfront, I'm not a cozy reader, but this book is the first in the new cozy series. And the protagonist is coming back home uh, after a bad breakup, and she gets involved in her family business, which is the restaurant business. And... Uh, you know she's getting dating advice from her aunt it's very lighthearted but funny you know lighthearted and funny but also full of really three-dimensional characters and I found myself um really immersed in the world and Mia's Mia's prose is so thoughtful and well done and of course there's a murder but it's a cozy so it's not a gruesome gritty murder and she handles it really deftly so I could tell you know she's a fan of the subgenre and she executed it really well and I it I finished it quickly now, you know, that's been the theme, you know, I read it quickly and I was also eager for the next in the series, which was just announced. So yeah, I liked it a lot. I wasn't expecting to, I mean, I was expecting to like it because Mia is a friend, but it's not really my space usually. So I was happy to kind of get pulled into something different.
1: Mm, Books that surprise you, there's nothing better than that. Yeah. A quick question before we start with round three, have we seen any (coughs) trends in 2021 of crime novels? Is there a trend happening that we've seen or noticed? Do you want to think about that question for a minute and come
3: back to it? I don't want to call it a trend, but I want to see more of it, which is more diversity in terms of authors and their voices and yeah. sharing their stories. I, I hate to call it a trend, so I don't want to do that, but I think it's something that's important and should continue. And um, it's something we sh- its I'm always mindful of when I'm reading a new author, like, is this a new voice and how can I, you know, better engage with different stories and different settings and different you know, backgrounds? And that's just important. Yeah, that's
2: beautiful. Story. I think it's getting better. It, it, it's getting better in here in the UK. It's not as good as it could be. Yeah. And I think in America, you are a, a step ahead of us when it comes to the number of Black and ethnic minority writers that you have. But it is not as bad as it used to be. But it could be better.
3: Yeah. It could always be better. I think there's always room for improvement. And uh, you know, I, I think that's just you know the the landscape
0: is changing, which is good. Yeah.
1: Okay, absolutely. And these to as well. Does anyone else want to chip into that question that I just hit you with?
0: I I agree with Alex. That's the biggest trend I've seen in the last few years in terms of it's long overdue and it's seems to be rapidly accelerating, but we're still playing catch up, but it's long overdue. And I mean it's not it's only a few years ago um and i've i and i've discussed this before where ira said to me after she went to a voucher that she was the only black person in the room was her walter mosley and, and gary phillips and they were the only ones there out of like over a thousand people you know kind of thing and and that's only a few years ago and now you know you've got anika lock and steph char and naomi hirahara and sean cosby and kelly hey, garrett yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Jones, yeah. and, and yeah. it's just an endless well not endless but it's an incredibly long list there is no excuses yeah. not to be reading diversely because there is so much fucking great writing out there. So
1: no. can I say this is what this does this is why I was so keen to do another Four Critics Four Continents, because this is what we do here. Like all the books that you bring to the table are just from such a diverse array of voices. So I think this this conversation is really important.
0: And we're seeing more translated fiction too. Sonia's been great at picking up a lot of that and some of the others of us have as well. But it is, you know, so it's not just um, ethnic diversity, there's like language diversity That's and different true. things. For sure, yeah.
1: All and we're
0: seeing more Japanese crime fiction, we're seeing more Latin American crime fiction. It's not just the Scandinavian translations, you know, and there's a make,
1: make. You know, your experience richer when you're reading these stories that aren't always your own.
0: Mm-hmm. All righty-o. Great, That's
1: great cut a
0: few bingos and think we get some more <laughs> yeah there's I, I have at least one or two other books that i think other people might go for as well um but i oh yeah, which one should i go with this time um i'm actually i might kind of snake you danny because i actually had this on my top five list to talk about is i'm going to talk about the quiet people by I uh, believe, <laughs> yeah now i'm a long time admirer of mr cleave i think he's an absolutely outstanding writer in fact Three or four, a few years ago, I used to say that it was kind of him and Adrian McGinty were, the, uh, McGinty were the two authors who I thought were bloody outstanding. People who read their books loved them, critics loved them, they won awards, but they just weren't widely like you didn't see them in bookshops a lot for whatever reason, you know, kind of thing. Then Adrian had the chain come, and that's been magnificent. Paul's a huge seller in France and Germany, does well in other places, but his books are not that been available in the UK in bookshops for various reasons. And he's been an Edgar shortlist. He's won the Nose NICE three times. He's won a French crime writing prize. This is his, I believe, 12th novel. And it's kind of cool. It's a little bit meta in that it's um, called The Quiet People. And it's about a crime writing duo, a husband and wife team. And uh, be, they're kind of mid-list authors, so Paul gets a little bit out there about publishing and being a mid-list author and going you know, success and failure and all that kind of thing, which is nice. And they have a son who has some difficulties, um, kind of who's on the spectrum and stuff like that. He's seven, eight years old. And he vanishes. And at first, you know, the police and the public treat them as victims, but very quickly, within a day or so, they're like, hang on, these are people who are at festivals over the years have said we could get away with murder, and it's all laughing and banter, but obviously the laughing's cut out of the news clips that are shown of them saying that they're so much smarter than the cops at festivals and all that kind of stuff. So the heat starts getting turned on them by the cops, by the public, by the media, and everything else. And and in the midst of all this, Cameron's trying to work out what the hell's happened to his son and where he's gone. Though can we trust Cameron because Paul's written unreliable narrative books before as well so can we trust them or not and it's just a hell of a ride and paul is an amazing writer like i said about stephen and we mentioned about sean is that they just write their prose crackles like it crackles like a campfire there's this dark energy to it and it's just beautiful prose Really tense story. He takes you to some really emotional places. Paul will take you to the edge and then nudge you a little further, where you're kind of going, oh, you know, kind of thing. And then kind of pull you. And it all comes together beautifully. And he'll twist things, and you think you've seen it, you kind of see it. And then there's another twist. It's just that he's an outstanding bloody writer. He should be someone that's stacked high in every bookshop and people have really readable, easy access to. The Quiet People by Paul Cleave is currently out in New Zealand and is coming out in the UK, the US, and Australia at this year, I highly,
1: highly. But in the meantime, I just read whatever it takes. Uh, Jack Heath sent it yeah. to me, saying that I would love it, and I absolutely adored it. It was another one where I just neglected my okay. life to read yeah. it. So while you wait, you can grab that one. That's but- the
3: theme. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ignore your life, just read your book. Yeah. Uh, and Craig, just what you were saying about his writing, I was just blown away. Like you said, you, we read a lot, but his writing not only does all what you say, but it is so clean. Like how does such clean writing? do all of that. Like, it just blows my mind. So, yeah, it's definitely stolen my heart in the writing sphere. And I spoke to him on the podcast, if you want to catch that, and we spent basically an hour just giggling. He's really funny.
0: (laughs) I listened to that interview last weekend. It's an amazing interview you guys had. That was
1: really cool. (laughs) We spent most of it laughing and I had to edit it out because I didn't think that would be very exciting to (laughs) listen to. Now, um, we've got some people saying, yes, Paul Cleve is great, loves selling his books. Uh, people are a bit scared of there to be red pile after this, <laughs> this is what we've spoken <laughs> about. They're getting a bit of anxiety about that um, and people are just, yep, they are. And someone said, Craig, introduce me to Paul Cleve. That was Janet. So great stuff and this is this is yeah, what this we is do amazing. here. Fiona <laughs> has quoted fun? us. We're going to get this on a T-shirt. Ignore your life. Read a book. <laughs>
0: And much much love to Janet in California.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I, what have you got up? Book
2: three. Book three is called Ooh. the the Oxford Brotherhood, and it is think um Lewis Carroll Alice in Wonderland. Ooh. Now it is by a gentleman called Grumero Martinez, and he did he's he's written two other books. The um the first one being I've got some notes here called the Book of Murders and then the Oxford murders, which was made into a film. But this one features um, what what happened to the relationship between Lewis Carroll and Alice Liddell. And it says it's about an Argentinian mathematics student because the author has a PhD in mathematics. And in Oxford in 1994, and you're drawn into this mystery through his mentor's involvement in an academic society of Lewis Carroll's Lewis Carroll admirers. And I hate the phrase literary thriller, but this fits. And there's lots of mathematics in it, and you have to read it really, really carefully. But it's also a fascinating mystery, and they've got all these elements of the, you know, the, the strange, quirky world of Alice in Wonderland. All of it fits into this book. Wow. And all of it makes you think, wow what's happening because you've also got that Oxford atmosphere as well and this is absolutely brilliant and I nearly missed it because it came out earlier this year and it was literally just by off chance I found it and I thought yes I've got to read it and yes this is one of my favorite books this year. Can I have a
1: look So at the glad book
3: you said book? that about literary thrillers.
1: Mm, All right <laughs> yeah literary thriller what more do you want? That's I rough. know,
2: I oh, hate right. the term, but, yeah, yeah, me too. That fits, yeah. but and this certainly fits it, yeah. yeah, by Wilmero Martinez.
1: We don't care about that stuff here, literary or commercial, we just care, it's got to get you by the heart, sit you down on the lounge, make you ignore your life, and I don't care what people call it.
3: Yeah. if it makes you ignore your life it's a good book
1: That's it. that should be a new genre <laughs> literary commercial fiction ignore your life neglect your family genre, it's a yeah. new
3: genre. close down the coffee shop yeah.
1: <laughs> just invented a new genre Sonia hit me with your third book
4: okay my third book Craig mentioned the Scandinavian translations and I try to steer clear of them this time because I tend to veer towards the Scandinavian and I intentionally try to pick books that are from different countries. But this one I let this one slip and it's um Karin Smirnoff's My Brother. Um for this one I'll make an exception because there are so many excellent scandinavians um on the market, but it takes a, a really special one to stand out from the crowd and I think this is it. Um it's the way it is written um it it tackles very complex and difficult subjects in a really um, sensitive manner. So it's about it's a trilogy basically. Um and it's about Jana Kipu, who is a character that goes home and goes and lives with a twin brother in the remote in a very remote Swedish town um and then they have to deal with all their um history, their family history. So it's about family secrets, it's about isolated living and the results of it and um the destructive nature of this kind of life. So um I would really recommend it. It sounds it there are difficult topics that she um addresses, but uh, you shouldn't let that put you off. Um it's it's well worth a read and, um, yeah, I can recommend it. It it's, has a quite disconcerting quality in both the writing style and the way that the story is told. So that's quite good.
1: Wonderful. And just to reassure our uh, watchers, our viewers, uh, all authors' books, we'll try and get some covers as well out on the website and on the socials so you won't miss any of the authors and uh, books we're talking about. But we are trying to do a quick round, robin just squeeze in as many books as we can. We promise to share the list with you afterwards, very soon after this uh, this show. Alex, third book.
3: All right, I'm I'm trying to play the game and not not have any repeats, but I I think this might be one. Uh, my choice is a uh, bathhouse by P.J. Vernon, which came out very recently, and I was lucky enough to read it early. It's about Oliver, who's a he's a recovering addict, and he's just fallen into this relationship with an older surgeon named Nathan, and they've built this very pleas, you know, very idyllic. Life together, and um, Oliver falls into some bad habits, and uh, something happens at the you know titular bathhouse, and it's I love it because it's it's noir at its finest, and noir to me takes characters and puts them in situations that they have to dig their way out of, and they usually don't find a way out. It's a it's a very you know, I think um, marketing has overused the term, so now people see it as interchangeable with mystery or crime, and noir is a very kind of specific novel. It's it's about, um, quote-unquote, good people being forced to do bad things out of desperation or some primal need. And, and to me, Bathhouse epitomizes that in a very modern way, and I love that it doesn't just default, you know, so many t- it, it you know, it has LGBTQ characters, of course, and it's a diverse cast and not everyone is a good person. You know, it, everyone's complicated. Everyone has flaws. Everyone does bad things. And I found it to be a really compulsive read. And uh, PJ is a fantastic writer.
1: That sounds
2: wonderful. Is it? In, anyone else had that on their list? I saw Aya nodding. No, it's no, um, no. I am I'm, I'm nodding because it's a book. I think I'm going to have to add to my TBR pile. <laughs> <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think you'll like
0: it. Yeah. it's a quick read it's only, too it's only recently come out in the states so i haven't actually so i haven't got a copy yet but it's on my i am going to read that this year yeah. Cool. yeah yeah love it
1: yeah. right we're, we're smashing this
0: uh well there's one that i was kind of expecting to have come out by now probably by Io, maybe by alex but it hasn't but just in case because i don't want it to not get mentioned if we just kind of all focusing <laughs> yeah. on other things is this one right here me. Oh Dream
2: my girl. god! It was my next one. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't want to like just in case we are all like waiting for someone else to talk about it. Oh, let so just make
3: it. Let's just make this the Dream Girl sequence, I guess. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll hold it up so someone can get a screenshot. We'll all hold it up. Oh my! My galley's
0: over there. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: there you go. So, oh boy. <laughs> For me, Laura Lippmann is one of the modern queens of crime writing. If we're doing a four modern queens like, you know, Christy Marsh Sayers, etc., then obviously it's Val McDermott and Sarah Perezky, and let's have a debate about the other two. And I would put Laura there personally. Oh, I definitely. She has, she has been 100%.
3: 20,
0: 30 yeah. years. And she's written this amazing Private Eye series. She's won every award you can win in America for her writing because it's that damn good. And Then she's kind of in the last few years, she's just started concentrating on a whole lot of really interesting standard lines and each one is incredibly different to the one before. And we go back to like Wild Lake and and stuff and mm -hmm. then there was um, Sunburn and then there was Lady in the Lake and I think I missed one there as well. And Lady in the Lake uh, was brilliant. It was one of my best books of that year. And that had a huge cast of characters and a, two main voices, but a lot of vignettes of other voices. And this one's gone completely in the other direction and is an intensely claustrophobic book. If you like the claustrophobia of Last Thing to Burn by Will Dean, you will also really love this. Because it's about a guy called Jerry Anderson, who's a writer and he's a literary writer and he's a bit of a stuck up twat and stuff like that. He's had some and stuff like that. He has an injury. He is stuck in his apartment in Baltimore. He has a night nurse and an assistant who come and help them. They're the only people he sees. And then he starts getting phone calls from a character from his famous book that he made famous. And there's all this mystery about who was inspired this character. Is this person real? Is it a figment of his imagination? Is he starting to get dementia or Alzheimer's? Is it the drugs in his system? And then it's an incredibly intense, claustrophobic thriller, just basically set in one apartment. Laura is a magnificent writer, like some of the other authors we've talked about, Just great sentences, flows beautifully, so it's not all, it's one of those things like a lot of, you know, it's not obvious that she's like flourishing with her writing, but she just really is, it's just amazing. I cannot recommend Laura Lippman enough, and I cannot recommend this book enough. Dream Girl, Laura Lippman, you definitely want to read this one. And I think you mentioned Laura
1: Lippman last time too, Craig, I'm sure of it.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll probably talk to you about her when we've maybe done an interview about. I think she's amazing. Last year she didn't. I think Lady in the Lake was the year before. Okay. So we didn't talk about it for four critics last year, but I've definitely talked about it before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Janet <laughs> has said, of course, of course, Linda. And Linda Lee has said, dream girl, yes, with lots of little claps after it. So they're in agreement with you. So it was like a bingo, 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 bingo. <laughs> it was
0: whammy across the board with the audience as well. There you go. <laughs> Tic-tac-toe. We're do doing three out of four.
1: Bingoes yeah. with the viewers too. That's fantastic.
2: I, book four. Um, I'm going with True Crime Story by Joseph Knox. Ooh. Now, this story, when you read it, it's all about this girl who, who who disappears. And then there's another girl who tries to work out what happened to her. But you've also got Joseph involved in this investigation. So it's a bit of a blend of like true facts and, and, and a story. And um you kind of go like, what happens to these to those girls who go missing, and what happens to the to Zoe Zoe Nolans of the world. And we've got in the early hours of Saturday, the 17th of December, 2011, Zoe Nolan, a 19-year-old Manchester University student. That kind of spooked me out a bit because my niece went to Manchester University and I thought, no, 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 this is not happening. (laughs) Um, Walked out of a party taking, um, taking place in the shared accommodation where she had been living for three months. She was never seen again. Seven, seven years after her disappearance, struggling writer Eve- Evelyn Mitchell finds herself drawn into the mystery. Through interviews with Zoe's closest friends and family, she begins to pierce together what really happened in 2011. But where some versions of events overlap, aligning perfectly with one another, others stand in stark contrast, giving rise to troubling inconsistencies. Um, shaken by the revelations of Zoe's secret life and stalked by a figure from the shadows, Evelyn turns to crime writer Joseph Knox, who is the author of the book, to help make sense of a case where everyone has something to hide. Zoe Nolan may be missing, presumed dead, but her story is only just only just the beginning. And when I was talking to Joseph about this book, because when I I interviewed him and um, Oliver Norick, one of the things he was saying was that when he was writing the book, if you when when you read it, you you get all these um, email conversations and text messages and and sometimes you think is this actually true or is this actually a story because there's literally at the front of the book and I'm not going to read the disclaimer up but there's a disclaimer at the front of the book where Joseph says something along the lines of my publishers are saying they don't want to have anything to do anything more to do with me after this book and it was frighteningly scary and one couldn't really make I couldn't really make out the first time I read it whether this is actually true to life. It was only after I'd spoken to Joseph I realized, no 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 this is not true to life that phrase, that disclaimer. However, the book itself is one of those books where you think to yourself, what actually happened to this girl? And how did Joe, Ziff, and Evelyn Mitchell become so entwined with one another? Because it gets to the stage where he literally has to cut her off and then in the end he starts feeling guilty about cutting her off and what happens wow
1: sounds amazing, amazing. yeah definitely sonia book four i think we're going to get to book five everyone so this is a good. Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay
4: i'll talk first um my next one my next one is, is a book i think that um went below the radar or maybe i'm just moving in the wrong circles um, but it's Diamond Hill by Kit Fon. I'm not pronouncing his name correctly, probably. Um, and it's about a heroin addict that goes to Diamond Hill, which is a real neighborhood or used to be a real neighborhood in Hong Kong in the, in the 80s. Um, and basically, this neighborhood was a slum at that time. And before, in the 1950s, it used to be uh, known as the Hollywood of the Orient. And this is the place where all the Bruce Lee movies were made and where lots of these movies were set. So it's based in reality, which makes it interesting. And the author himself, he lived close to this neighborhood. So, And you can feel it in the way that he's he's depicting his characters. Um, They are extremely vivid. Um, And basically, this um, heroin addict is... Um, hiding or living in a nunnery in the middle of the slum. So this is his story and it's also the story of the people that live there and they are going to be displaced because um, the whole slum will be removed and will be replaced with new skyscrapers so the neighbourhood will be destroyed. Um, it's just it's probably the book that I've read this year so far which has the best sense of place Um and I really enjoyed it. And its I'd, I wish it would get a bit more exposure, actually. So um, I'd really recommend that you have a look at it.
1: Mm, sounds wonderful. Now, for our viewers who have stayed the way with us and uh, will stay the way for at least the five books, and then maybe a quick, like, talking really fast wrap-up of books that you might have missed out <laughs> talking about. But if any viewers have any books that you have absolutely loved, BC are really excited to read. Throw them in the comments and
3: I'll read them out at the end. Alex, book four. Book four. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it keep it different, but um, the discussion of setting is so true. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I am I'm used to write a PI series and um, I love the genre, obviously. Laura Lippman is on my Mount Rushmore of PI writers and just writers in general. But my choice here is Runner by Tracy Clark, which is the latest in her Cass Reigns PI series about a uh, – black chicago homicide cop turned pi and the thing that the thing that tracy does so well is and what i love about pi novels and crime novels in general is the sense of setting and the sense of exploring a city and not just getting the tourists kind of one-on-one but actually being taken to the places and corners of a city that you wouldn't see as a tourist that you're getting the real native experience of what it's like to live in chicago for better or for worse and um you know, it has a lot of the elements that classic PI fiction has, you know, the missing child, the uh, problematic mother trying to reclaim her, you know, reclaim her place with the family. But Tracy does it so smartly, she adds so many unique twists to it that it makes it really compelling. And I, I think it's just a, the series as a whole, you know, I'm, a, I'm an in-order reader when it comes to PI series. I have to start from the first one. And I've been reading the cast book since the beginning. And this is by far the best, which is saying a lot. Wow,
1: fantastic couple of, uh, just so we don't get too caught up at the end, a couple of suggestions here. Ashley's got I Loved, Digging Up Dirt by Pamela Hart, a New Zealand author, Jacqueline Bublitz, Before You Knew My Name. We've got a couple of agreements on that. Uh, Fiona Leach's Murder on the Menu, and um, a great Japanese author, Natsuo Karino, Out, which someone read recently and loved, and Tussard by Belinda Lyons-Lee. It's not really crime, but reviewed as crime by some. That's Gel Cell. Fiona's excited for J.P. Pomade's new novel, The Last Guest. I just received that. I've just started it, so it looks amazing. Month,
0: so I can't talk about it yet. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> and I read, and uh, Kirsten's, I read Charity, Norman's The Secrets of Strangers, and more recently, Nikki Crutchley's third book, The Murder Club. Both books are amazing. And Sandy Barker, I love discovering new crime thrills and always start at the beginning too. So there's some suggestions from our viewers. Keep them coming. Book five. We'll make this the last book that we talk about with some depth, and then afterwards, yeah. you quickly just have thirty seconds to sprout at all the books you didn't get to speak about. <laughs> book five, great.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of looking at three different ones I had down here, and I'm kind of thinking maybe I should have left Laura Lippmann to one of the other two. Then I could have talked about. It. <laughs> you know, that's the game. That's uh, well, I just wanted like to say a shout out to both Charity and. Um, and Nikki Crutchley, uh, so Charity Norman and Nikki Crutchley, who just got mentioned by both Kiwi authors. They were both just yesterday long listed for the Nye Marsh Award. Um, so both of those books actually came out last year. They were both just long listed for the Nye Marsh Award yesterday. So congratulations to both of them. They're both very good books. Right. Uh, one, two, three. Oh, bugger it. Let's go with this one. Nancy Business by R.W.R. McDonald. It's an Australian, uh, it's a New Zealander based in Australia and Kiwi in Melbourne. And he won the Nye Marsh Award for Best First Novel last year for a book that came out the year before, and this is the sequel to that. And this is about an adolescent Asian New Zealand girl called Tippi Chan, so her father's Chinese and stuff, so she's a Chinese New Zealander, and her father dies in a car crash, and then um, it's, it's quite, it's a small-town mystery the Nancy's is because her and her gay uncle from Sydney and his boyfriend, who come to look after her in the first book called The Nancy's, set up kind of a, a mystery solving club just to kind of get her through her grief and because it's fun and she loves They all love Nancy Drew books. And then her teacher ends up getting murdered. And of course, they try and solve that in real life. And that's the first book. Now, this one happens a few months later. It's the anniversary of her father's death. Um, and then a bomb goes off in their town. And everyone thinks it's the local florist that's done it, but there's some Things about why did he do it or did he really do it? Is someone else involved? Is there a second bomber? Is the threat still out there? And then Nancy's have to deal with that. The couple from Sydney, her uncle, who kind of looks like, you know, Santa Claus, and then his fashionista boyfriend, um, are kind of on the rocks and having trouble because of the grief caused by the first case. So it's an incredibly funny book. There are so many laugh out loud moments, and yet it's a really deep kind of meditation on grief and loss and death at the same time as being incredibly funny it's like this camp riot dealing with some amazing serious issues but it was such a light touch um, RW McDonald Rob has just a really great tone which is incredibly difficult to strike and it can he does it so well and so smoothly I think you may not realize how tricky what he's done is it's a really cool book it's out in Australia and New Zealand now on paperback I believe you can get an audiobook perhaps ebook overseas. But if you're in Australia or New Zealand, you definitely want to get this. And if you're overseas, maybe just see if you can get it on audiobook. Those
1: characters, Greg, the uncles particularly, I just adore, yeah. adore
2: them so much. Love it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, book five. Book five. Now, it is called Edge of the Grave by um, Robbie Morrison. And it's an historical book. And I quite like historical crime. And it's also a debut. And this book has already been um, long-listed for, for the Michael Benny Prize. As well as being shortlisted for the Bloody Scotland debut novel, and I've read it actually like three times because I'm also reading it for the Historical Writers Association debut crown, which I chair. And it's set in Glasgow in 1932, and in the night, and it's all about an um, influential shipbuilder who's found with with his throat cut, and you've got this um, police inspector who has to look for the answers, uh, but it's in this dark murky underworld. And as um, Alex was talking about noir earlier on, this is very, very noir. It is dark, it is broody, it is wonderfully written, but it's also quite brutal. And you have this police officer trying to work his way through gang, gang, gangland Glasgow with severe difficulties. And it's an absolutely fascinating novel. And for a novel that is a debut, it just makes one sit back and think and say, wow. Okay. Sorry,
1: my mute was having issues. It's on your- <laughs> five,
4: five. I was wondering what's happening there. It just got so quiet. Was it <laughs> me? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, for my last one, I have to sneak in a South African novel. Um, because there are so few of them that are available worldwide at the moment. Um, And that's Young Blood by Sufisu Mzorbe. I don't have the book itself, so this is what the cover looks like. Very basic. Um, It was originally published in 2010 in South Africa, and now, thanks to a U.S. publisher, Catalyst, it's available worldwide. And it's a part coming-of-age novel, part crime fiction, and it tells the story of a young man who lives in Umlazi which is a township um, just outside Durban with about 400,000 people. So this tells the story of his um, yeah, growing into a crime syndicate and a car hijacking syndicate. And um, it's a very short book. It's 220 pages, but it just perfectly captures the atmosphere and the conditions in that township life and it does it in such a way that it's it's not judgmental and it's unapologetic and it's really honest um, and it's actually very enjoyable to read and I would recommend it especially if you're interested in South African crime fiction. Fantastic,
1: book five. Alex, book five.
4: Book five,
3: my fifth book is called Walking Through Needles and it's a debut by Heather Levy and how can i how can i talk about this book if if you're a fan of early gillian flynn um standalone era you know megan abbott more recent megan abbott this is probably for you it's about this woman who is abused as a teenager in her rural oklahoma town and she has to almost kind of take on the role of amateur investigator to exonerate her stepbrother when that abuser later on, when she is older as an adult, when the abuser is, is murdered. Um, and in the process, she has to kind of re-examine her own life and her own town and her own, you know, the people around her. And she uncovers a lot of uncomfortable and really painful secrets. And, uh, you know, like the other black girl, it just felt very, very confident in, as as, as a debut. It felt, you know, it didn't feel like a first book and that to me is always a good sign when it, it comes through and it's very, it's it's a powerful read, it's an uncomfortable read in the best way. Uh, you know, it's, it's not something you want to read if you're squeamish but it's also impactful and it felt important so I really liked it. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that description. Now, before we head to, I'll get you to do a 30-second wrap-up, books I didn't get a chance to talk about. You're on the clock. for a While you get your thoughts organised, a couple of things from readers. It's a good time here in Australia, so I think in Australia and New Zealand we've got our most uh, viewers at the moment. Hopefully everyone can watch this later from the other continents. So Linda Lee, The Nancys, was a lot of fun. Sandy says Fiona Leach's Dead in Venice was a hilarious metafiction crime thriller. We have uh, Kirsten buying books on the Kindle as we speak we've got janet saying richard osmond's the man who died twice she was very surprised at how much she loved it madeline loved the nancys danuka loved the nancys and the nancy business and we have uh janet saying ivy pakoda these women was one of her favorites yeah. from last year And Linda Lee says, not new, but Chris Whitaker's We Begin at the End was fantastic. And, again, Fiona, I'm currently reading Nancy Business, loving it. So a lot of love for you right there. So, uh, Craig, do this lovely wrap-up for us of books you didn't get a chance but still love. Well,
0: I think I would like to do two rounds of this, each (laughs) for 30 seconds or so each. I think we've got time. Yeah, we can talk uh, about... Yeah, but where we can do books we've loved that are already out for okay. the first round, that we didn't get to, and then All the right. second round, we do books that we either have read that are coming out later in the year because a lot of us read in advance that we're like recommending people right. pre order.
1: One of the things I love about you is you can never say anything for 30 seconds.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll now, try because um,
0: <laughs> there are books that some of us would have talked about, but they're not out till next month or something, so we haven't. So, I'd like to do one round of books we haven't that we love that are out, and one round of books we think people should keep an eye out for.
1: Whatever Maybe. you like, Craig, let's do this. Round one, Craig, 30 seconds, his greatest challenge of all time.
0: Okay, I'm just going to say uh, three books then. I'm going to say Exit by Belinda Bauer, which is an amazing book. Uh, Belinda's just a fantastic writer. It's about, And, and then I'm going to say Falling by T.J. Newman, which was a debut, just an incredibly t- intense airport thriller a really cool commercial book, but it's got a lot more going on than you think. And then I'm going to say The Cut by Christopher Brookmeyer, which is a terrific book from an amazing Scottish writer that actually delves into horror filmmaking and has a really unlikely duo of an elderly person and a young person teaming up.
2: There. Love it. I owe. Okay, I've got two books. I haven't got three. I've got Slough House by Mick Herron. So if you've been reading the the, um, Slough House series, you will love this one. And this has got more to do with... um, the, the aftermath of the Novacek poisoning, and you know what Mick is like, he, he's very up on point, very up to date, and he ha- you have this laugh out moment. My second book is called Murder, the Biography, and it's not strictly a crime book, it's more about the history of the law of murder in the UK, and the way it is written, it is very, very readable, it takes you from where the um, law of murder starts, and how it's progressed and it's very up-to-date and it covers quite a lot of recent cases and it's by a lady called Kate Morgan. So if, your history, if you're interested in the history of murder and the way it has changed along the years and all the different cases that has come have come into it, pick up this book.
1: Fantastic, thank you, Sonia, your turn.
4: Um, my, yeah, I've also got a few, but first is um, Sarah Blas The Others. Um, She's an Israeli author, and I really enjoyed it because she takes the social expectations to have children and turns it into a crime fiction novel about serial killers. It just... It works for me. Um, And then Little Rebel by Jerome Leroy, which is out now. I think we just made the cut. Um, Very short, 77 77 pages. So it's a quick read, and I highly recommend it. Um, And then I think... I'll take, well, I have four. Heatwave by Victor Justin, which is also a French author and it's also a very short novel. So, actually, those two count as one. And then Will as The <laughs> Beresford, I can also recommend. So, that's my list. Thanks.
1: Right. Sonia, I think you've realised that there are no rules here.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I've given up.
1: Alex.
3: I just want to preface this by saying I'm all about preparation. So I did not prepare a list that, of books that had <laughs> not come out. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to carve out my own path. But um, I just want to echo Sean Cosby's Razorblade Tears and Laura Lippman's Dream I love both of those authors. I think both books are fantastic and they would have made the list uh, if. Somebody hadn't beaten me to it, but um, a few rural noirs I loved. Chris O'Fitz Killing Hills. He's done a lot of memoir and a lot of literary stuff, but this is his first crime novel and it's fantastic. Another uh, Laura McHugh's What's Done in Darkness. It's just a great noir set in the Ozarks. Um, Jonathan Ames, The Man Called Doll, is a really classic feeling, L.A. noir. But, you know, Ames has done a bunch of television and other novels, and it feels very modern and of the moment, which is great. Um, Fabian Nicieza's Suburban Dicks is a funny debut. He, uh, Fabian's written a lot of comic books like X-Force and X-Men and Captain Marvel, and this is his first mystery novel, and it's it's hilarious. It's well-plotted. It's well-crafted. He's great. And last but not least is... Uh, a, a spy thriller, Paul Vidich's uh, *The Mercenary*. I love his work. Um, I reread *The Good Assassin* recently. He just writes great spy thrillers in the in the vein of Le Carre and and other classical uh, you know spy writers. But I loved it. So I've gone over. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Everyone has. It's, all, it's, it's how we how we roll here.
0: Okay. Good. Great
1: <laughs> right, round two. Before we head off, let's go.
0: Um, okay. Uh... Oh, so these are books that are coming out later this year. Sure, um, you made the so, rules. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to make you can follow your rules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you have it. it's been already by a couple of people, but she's outstanding, just an outstanding, outstanding American author. This is a psychological thriller set and a ballet school. It's fantastic. Oh, oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Megan Abbott's. Sorry? I said the Megan
0: Abbott's. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm yeah. jealous. August, I think, <laughs> in some places. <laughs> Um now I was gonna say The Dark Remains by Ian Rankin and William McIlvanny, which I just read last weekend and it's outstanding. Oh, this is a oh, stop. Sorry, what's that?
2: I I haven't read it yet <laughs> I won't
0: jealous. Say too much.
3: Yeah, yeah so- doubly jealous here.
0: It <laughs> started by the great, the late, great William who who's the godfather of Tata Noir, who wrote the Laidlaw trilogy in the 1970s, that pretty much influenced Mel McDermott's niece, minor Ian Rankin, and all the other Scottish writers that have followed. He wrote a partial manuscript before he passed away in 2015, and last year Ian Rankin got asked to take a look at it and see what he could do with it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a short but very cool novel. It's a couple of hundred, like 200 something pages. It's really good. It's it's kind of it's a a prequel to the Laidlaw Trilogy set in 1972, Glasgow. It's outstanding. Uh, also, yeah, definitely get The Last Guest by J.P. Pemari. He's one of the most outstanding new voices in Australia and New Zealand crime fiction. He's a Maori New Zealander who lives in Melbourne. And this is a brand new author to me. Uh, it's called Private Prosecution by Lisa Allery. I believe it comes out in Australia in September, and she's a new debut author. And I had the yeah. chance, I actually read this many months ago because, um, weirdly, the quote on the cover is actually from me. <laughs> <the first> <laughs> I, did. yeah. I, um, I didn't know they were going to do that. But, yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: so, oh, there man, you go.
0: It's always cool when that
3: happens.
1: I love <laughs> that, Greg. Well, thank you. That was wonderful. Io, do you have anything to add to this conversation?
2: Yes, I have got three books, and I will be incredibly quick. The first one is called um, The Wrong Goodbye by a Japanese author called Toshihiko Yagahari, and it's a classic slice of Japanese hard boiled noir paying homage to the master of the genre, of course, Raymond Chandler. You can take it from the title. The second one is Turf, World, Turf Wars by Oliver Norick. I mean, I mentioned the Lost and the Damned last time we were doing this. Yeah. And um, for Alex, if he doesn't know, Oliver Norick um, is a former police officer. He wrote for the television series Spiral. Absolutely, stunningly, well written book, and they just page turners. And lastly, but no means least, is a book called Sunset Swing by Ray Celestine. Um, when his first book came out, it was absolutely brilliant. I think it won the CWA. It Was it the historical dagger or the debut? I can't remember which. But it has um, Louis Armstrong as a, main ca- as a character. And it was supposed to be a trilogy, but now it's going to be a quartet. And those are my three books. Wow.
1: Fantastic. Thank you. Sonia?
4: um uh, I've also got the wrong goodbye, so snap there um then I'm looking forward to reading uh how to kidnap the rich it's It's out already, so it doesn't really count sorry craig um and otherwise um intimacies by Katie Kimura is out later this year. Clark and Division by Naomi Rao. um April in Spain by John Banville is also on my list. Um, And then there's also The Secret Lives of Writers by Guillaume Mousseau, which is a French author. So that's just my quick list.
1: Fantastic. I love that. Fantastic. And Alex?
3: Uh, My list is not quick, but I will try to be... Brief, uh, I'm looking forward to the new Megan Abbott. That is a, a literary event for me whenever she has a new book. Uh, I'm also looking forward to The Missing Hours by Julia Dahl, who uh, wrote an, a great series set in New York. And uh, this is her first standalone, I believe. And uh, she's a fantastic writer. A few other series books that I'm looking for, that I've read and enjoyed, uh, Larry uh, Lori King's uh, latest Mary Russell book, Castle Shade. Walter Mosley wrote an Easy Rollins book, Blood Grove. I also really loved Light Seekers. I know that came up earlier And um, Michael Nava's latest Henry Rios book, The Burning Plane, was fantastic. Just a really great series. Um, And Carolyn Kepnis' You Love Me, which is part of the You series, which is also a TV show on Netflix, just uh, really page turning stuff. So, yep.
0: Fantastic. I'd just like to add a slight announcement, and people can probably see the red-covered book behind my shoulder. is Winter Counts by David Hesker Wombley Wyden, which I talked about last year, um, and uh, Steph Char raved about as well. Um, that book is now coming out in Australia, New Zealand, and the UK later this year. It was Fantastic. only available in on- so, so that's one for everyone outside of the U.S. to look forward to later this year. You will be able to get it everywhere else um, in the industry and world. Um, And so I think it's September in the UK and potentially October, November in Australia, New Zealand winter counts. That's a must read.
3: It's a great book
1: thank you thank you so much and thank you viewers wherever you're tuning in or wherever you, you will tune in either watching this live stream or listening as a podcast it was lovely to engage with you to hear your enthusiasm as well about books and you know that you you guys here you four critics are just amazing you're so enthusiastic about the books you bring so much to the table so much to all of our to be read uh piles that are ever growing and uh we appreciate that greatly i didn't know if we could top last years but I, we absolutely did so thank Thank you so much for doing that and i guarantee that i there will be a four critics four continents part three i don't know when but i guarantee that we'll
0: guess point, point of water danny were not we gonna see if we might do five
1: yes might be five, five, critics,
0: five, um, five, might five.
3: i'm
1: glad i didn't
0: bring the party down as the new person <laughs> not <laughs> not 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 hopefully you'll see the four of us and perhaps someone from latin america or, or asia
1: Yes, we're always trying to expand um, what we read and what we recommend to people. And like we said before, very importantly, trying to expand those diverse voices. So we are in the background trying to expand our, our continents and our critics, and we'll see how we go with that. But as always, thank you so much. Brilliant crime critics it always brings so much to the table. Uh, Craig, Io, Sonia, Alex, thank you so much for taking time out today. And like I said, live stream available always on the Facebook page and as a podcast wherever you are in your corner of the world world please stay safe the best advice i can give you is to ignore your life grab that book and just read it
0: happy reading everyone thank you so much (laughs) take
3: care
1: Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. We'd love to engage with you on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Danny V Books, Words and Nerds podcast. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Stay safe and read more books.